Hello and welcome. I'm Sue Ann and you're listening to the Mix, Sizzle and Shake Your Business podcast coming to you today on video. And I welcome you to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Whether you're watching it now, whether you watch it later, I did want to do the podcast today live on video but I'm not coming to you live because it's a really weird hour it's super early in the morning so I'm just recording this to put out for you as a podcast episode so what would I like to talk to you today about on the mix sizzle and shake your business podcast well let me tell you first of all I should introduce myself I'm Sue Ann with Right Mix for Business, and I welcome you again. And I would certainly appreciate if you wouldn't mind subscribing to the channel. I have a live podcast that I do sometimes, or a recorded today podcast that I'm going to do on video. And I also do audio versions, and that's how the podcast started in 2017 as an audio version. But today, I thought I would try some video and I'm recording in StreamYard, my favorite place to try some new things like going live. But again, today I wanted to do it on video. And um, as I said, this is the Mix, Sizzle and Shake Your Business podcast. I'm Sue Ann and I'm super happy that you're here. So what do I want to talk with you today about? Well, I thought we would hop into this question. How to take your social media and your social plan from haphazard to strategic. I think it's so important that we think about that because, well, I just got a note in my favorite social, you may know, is Twitter. I just got a note, I think, two days ago that I've been doing Twitter for six years. And so the question (laughs) comes to mind, how well am I doing my social media? How well am I getting results? And for me, Twitter is a, has been a game changer for getting business, not just um, seeing positive results in social media, but for actually getting, gaining business and retaining business. So I find that social media did a lot to change really my whole business as an online entrepreneur, an online digital person, um, a person doing online digital services, particularly, of course, writing and many other projects as well. But really, the whole business began to bloom, blossom, and grow using social media, and really all all from an organic perspective. But I'm looking into it a little bit deeper now because, you know, it was all such a big learning curve for me to get on social media at all because I don't know that I feel that I'm a social media... I guess I don't know that I'm super social. I'm... um, I'm always researching and writing, so I spend a lot of time on my own. However, the social interactions that I've made and that I have around the topics that I write about and that I'm interested in and that are teaching me about the craft of writing itself and how many people I've met and become friends with online have really stemmed from social. 
and social media marketing. So again, I wanted to share some thoughts about it with you today. And the big question is this, how to take your social to strategic. So let's get going. So taking your social, st- to, uh, social media to strategic, let alone to savvy, can feel quite strenuous. The rapidly changing social climate and the overwhelming choice of platforms, which are always in constant flux, make social media practice even more daunting, sometimes confusing, oftentimes it's time-sucking, and it can be downright problematic, honestly. Um, And that's not what you want from your social media marketing. You don't want it to feel hairy. You don't want it to feel confusing. If you're anything like me, though, you do want results from social media marketing without feeling totally overwhelmed or exhausted. And you need to move forward with it, not just be hanging out or, worse, sliding backwards when you're doing it. So these are important things to think about. So truly, you need to have and and to get powerful with your social media marketing and management and you have to have a plan in place to do it again without making it a full-time job because hey you have a business to run right however there is no doubt that social media marketing is a critical component in your content marketing strategy and the reasons for this are quite compelling first your social channels allow distribution and amplification of the valuable content you produce. And that's so important. If no one sees it, if it's not out there, you can't get any value from that content. So that's that distribution and amplification is one of the key things that social media offers you, no matter your business or the content or the type of content that you're trying to share. So secondly, or next, it's a perfectly non-invasive way to introduce your business, your products, or your services, and your website to the world. So using social media helps you create brand awareness just by default. Plus, it attracts traffic traffic to your digital properties. And most importantly, it lets you connect with people. And these connections lead to conversations, collaborations, and clients. And that's, of course, what you want. When effective, social media marketing permits you to grow your business organically. But there's a bigger lesson to know. So lean forward, listen up. Because here's the secret to social success. This is the lesson that you really need to digest. And it's called social intention. When you are intentional in creating and scheduling your social media, your social significance suddenly blooms. So don't get me wrong, because social media is definitely a long game. But when you put in the work for your business meaningfully and into your social media meaningfully, your results are more meaningful too. So I have a little click to tweet in my article about this very subject. And it says, when you accentuate your content assets by kicking them to move them with a friendly social kick right to your key audience, that's when things start to happen, right? So to get strategic with your social, to get savvy with your social, your selected social platforms will matter. Your voice and your content matter. And so how do you go about inserting meaningfulness into your social media? Giving you a business strategy as opposed, again, to that haphazard posting. How do you make, in other words, in other words, how do you make the social sun shine? You can get selective. That's the first thing you can do. You can carefully consider which apps and which platforms that you are going to concentrate on for your business. Unless you have a team, 
you probably can't excel at all of them at once. So it's crucial that you weigh your audience's needs with your business needs, and then you find that sweet spot for both. So, for example, in Anne Handley's newsletter, uh, Total Anarchy, which I love, she urges readers to reach out to her on social. But she qualifies, and she says, quote, not on Facebook, I hate Facebook, unquote. So Anne is inviting her readers to connect with her social, but she's qualifying that she's not on every social, and that, in fact, she has one that she actually hates. So that's okay. You don't have to be on all of them, and it's okay if you own it, like Anne. And you say, you can catch up with me, but I prefer it not be on Facebook. And that's fine. But the next thing you need to think about is to determine your whys. And when you determine your why, everybody talks about what's your why, 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 why. But it's really a matter of framing everything within your business context, the context of your business, in other words. So you should be working your social from three levels, in my opinion. You should have a big picture level. Your, the framework of your business should be the overarching and overlying framework. But then you should take it to a campaign level and then a content level within the campaign. So it's essential, in other words, that you have a purpose and an outcome in mind for every piece of content with a place in your content puzzle. So everything has its place. Now, Stephanie Liu, for example, talks about creating content buckets. And you can create these buckets for different, in different ways for different things for social media. But the idea is to organize a strategic mix of content for your social channels. And like Stephanie, I use Agora Pulse, where you can create categories, if you like, to cover your top content topics. And then you can drill down deeper on those by using labels to track a campaign's flow within the social media um, Agora Pulse app. So it kind of gets to be a little bit of fun when you start figuring all of this out. So remember that you've got this and think about those content buckets and then figure out how exactly you can empower your social channels and your content purpose with a compelling action plan to achieve or exceed your projected results. So you need to work diligently to unlock that strategy and flow to support your goals and your campaign outcomes. And then you have to execute within your strategic framework until you reach those projected goals. And I say it, until you reach those projected goals, because you will need persistency and consistency because that counts in social media marketing, as many of you know. So one of the guys that I look to is Scott Ayers, uh, who is, uh, I call him the social media's mad scientist, um, but he's probably not mad. But, it, but besides that, it's interesting to watch the insights that Scott unlocks because he's Agora Pulse's content scientist, and his job is to uncover the secrets to social media's best practices. So as part of Agora Pulse in that community, I've learned about Scott and I kind of watch his results and then I test them. I test to see, you know, with his findings, do they work for me? Some, sometimes they do. In fact, I've had good results testing some of his findings on my own channels and in my own works. Now, I, I should say this in case any of you are watching my social, I do not put nearly the time or effort into my own personal social media management as I do to for clients that I work their social media. Um, I give them a lot more strategy, a lot more uh, scheduling and a lot more thought uh, to the whole thing. I, I don't find that I have enough time to do mine, but when I do, Agora Pulse has me covered. Uh, so the thing about it is that to get those good results, you have to know what you're looking for. So you, the next step then would be to measure, analyze, and reiterate. And this step, I know, I know, I know, it sounds boring, but without it, 
you can't know exactly what is working for you. You also can't find where you can improve because you don't know what's working but you don't or what's not working. And so it's really important that you analyze and measure so that you can make those adjustments so that you can improve. So analyze what you measure by specific parameters connected to whatever your objective or your goal is. But don't be fooled just by vanity metrics. Although vanity metrics are in fact a good place to start, especially if you're just starting out. Oops, <laughs> turn that off. Okay, so if you're looking at metrics, Im uh, impressions are something that everybody looks at. That could be and is considered in some cases a vanity metric, but really because you're trying to grow your audience and you are trying to find out if your social efforts are working out. Impressions are one of the uh, things that uh, are often measured as a part of social ROI. But if you look at Andy Crestedinia, he's my favorite analytical guy, and I learn a lot about website, website design, and, and of course analytics involved to track how well that site is doing. Um, Andy has, a, a, and I, I will put a link in the... Um, comments or in the information on YouTube, whichever, um, to give you a link to this post so that you can link, hop over and check how exactly how to track campaigns using Google Analytics with Andy's help, and also just even how to set up Google Analytics if you don't have that set up, because you can't really track where your traffic is coming from, how much is coming from the different social channels if you're not tracking it, analyzing it. And of course, Google Analytics is the best way to do that. It will tell you exactly which social channels are sending you the most traffic. So for a long time, I thought, honestly, I thought that social scheduling was cheating in a way and not entirely authentic. But I think maybe it's has to do with the chance of working with the Agora Pulse social media scheduling software. I think it may be the catalyst that has changed my mind about that. Um, I did use Buffer for a long time for many years, but it wasn't automated in the same way, at least not the way I used it. it it's not automated and scheduled. It doesn't seem to do it as effect effectively, efficiently, uh, and as using Agora Pulse. It doesn't help me, in other words, clarify or crystallize my scheduling, my social, with that strategic intent. I can see it laid out in Agora Pulse. And I can pull things back in through the system and reuse things in a much easier way. I'm not constantly rescheduling, so to speak, as I am tweaking and adapting and adding through Agora Pulse, but it's so much easier to see everything laid out when you use it. But Buffer is a great starting software. It does identify your best performing posts for you. It doesn't give you nearly the analytics or reports that Agora Pulse does. Maybe it does at a higher level. I'm not sure. I did have a paid level at one point, but I just can't help it. I'm in love with Agora Pulse. And I think the scheduling thing when you talk about it does denote automation. And, you know, I thought, again, I thought that was like cheating. But automation and scheduling means that you do and will need software possibly to help. And of course, there's so many high performing and well liked social scheduling choices. There's, there's a lot of them out there. I just happen to be in love with Agora Pulse, which is a, a really good one. And no matter what tool that you schedule with, though, automation alone is not the answer to your social prayers. It's just not going to do it. Because even what you schedule and work with and design and create and write the copy and, you know, do the visuals for, a lot of that is still, you know, the background work before you even consider putting it out and automating it and strategically placing it in the right channels and in the right times and places and so forth. So there's still that work. But on top of that, the other work on social has to do with you personally interacting and connecting authentically. So, huh, oh drats, that means that you do actually have to be social for social. 
So look at what's performing well and look at the strategic plan so that you can shine the spotlight, the social spotlight, that is, on your starring content assets. Okay, so I think there are three components that are key to what you share on social media. And I think those three components consist of curation, creation, curation, and conversation. Those are the three C's. Curation, creation, and conversation. So if you get these three parts right, I think you'll be on your way to social sharing success. And sharing, I might add, is a huge part of social as well. You are sharing that content that you create. That's that's what you want to amplify and distribute the most, right? Your own content for because it, it, you do all that work. You want someone else to see it. But you're also sharing other people's stuff when you curate. And you're sharing yourself when you have conversations, real-life conversations with people. So it's about share, share, and share in order to get your social media right. You share what you create. You share what you curate which is also intended for your audience, for their needs, for helping them, for sharing what you're using and learning from so they can use and learn from it. And it's also sharing yourself in conversation. It's showing up to be there and connecting authentically in social. And that's one of the hugest things. All of this, of course, is geared towards your audience and towards providing valuable stuff to them your social channels are the most, I'd say, audience-centric of all. So keep that in mind. You are sharing to give and to help, and eventually all kinds of generous sharing helps you get noticed. And um, here I am on video again. It's not my comfort zone, but it's because I want to share a lot of topics and provide quality content for people to get to know me and know what I'm about and know my business and want to do business with me. So it's important that I step out of my comfort zone behind the scenes and actually show up and talk to you about some of the stuff like social media that I do all the time for clients and that I'm learning about all the time and I find it very interesting. But I think that for a long time, you don't think about it socially so much strategically. So just remember that your generous sharing may help you get noticed and, you know, will bring sharing back to you. But be aware that getting social notice does not happen overnight. So you have to stay the course. You will get there. But each social step you take often is just silently moving you and building you forward slowly. It's kind of weird, at least how it happened for me. I was like tweeting, 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 trying to, you know, get some followers, trying to get it going. And, you know, I was having fun in a way. But until I started getting interaction and making friends, I don't think it was nearly as much fun. And it certainly wasn't moving me forward as much. Although it got me business from the get-go. I don't know why, but Twitter's my winning social. Um, but beware, again, it does not happen overnight. So just keep taking those steps to slowly, slowly get there. Um, also, you should know, you should think about your social scenario. So every business, every blog, every person is different. So determining your social strategic direction must or may benefit from checking out what else is going on in the industry on social. So that helps you to see what your target market wants, or at least what they're getting. And then you can make decisions for your own social media marketing plan from there. So do you want to play it the same as everybody else? Do you want to have it be, you know, kind of the same things that they're offering up to their audience? Oh, of course, only better. Or do you want to take an entirely new approach? Those are some things you want to think about. And what gaps are, is, is it that no one is covering? Can you capitalize by owning the space where you find any gap in the content? And will you take a hyper-focused direction, 
or will you have a more rounded philosophy in how you post? So some people talk about one subject matter and one subject matter, period. And other people have on their uh, social feeds a little bit more rounded approach to how they do it. But it doesn't have to be one situation or the other to be correct. It really has to be determined by your business and your audience and you. Because you're also a factor in social. If, for example, like for me, I'm not on Instagram, except for I do, I do work on it for a couple clients, but I'm not on Instagram because I'm not the best photographer, um, and I'm not a photographer at all, and, you know, I'm always learning to improve my visuals and my graphics, but that's, that's not where I excel um, so much. And to me, that seems like it would be work to try to always be creating something that's social by photography and visual posting. That's, you know, kind of the key. Um, although I'm, Pinterest is also that way, but I seem to do better there. Or I don't know, maybe I'm just not ready to start another platform. But, but that's, again, your choice. You have to look at... Every blog, every business, every person is different, like I just said. So, and then you have to take a hyper-focused direction or you have a more rounded philosophy. And then you might want to just give it some thought about how you want to position your brand. What tone, what personality represents you. And if you're going to create a branded visual design for social. Some people have a distinct visual social design and you can recognize it immediately um, for me I like playing around because I still am learning so much about the visual design and the graphics that I like playing around but at least I try to put you know something with uh, a website address or logo to identify <clears throat> my brand and you'll see here with my right mix for business brand um, because it's right w-r-i-t-e i decided that it would be smart to put it up there so you could see it and that clarifies the branding there so that you don't think it's right r-i-g-h-t so i'm giving you a little branding there of the company for that purpose but it spells it out it adds to the tone uh here so <clears throat> Let's see, let's see. So if you want to have that visual branded design for social, you might want to come up with something consistent. For some people, it's just as simple as putting your logo on your visual content. And it's funny how many people I've worked for, or written for, or worked with or collaborated with on their websites and their business who had, had never really thought about adding their logo to like their title visual, which is kind of important um, because people are seeing that and you want them to see right away who you are or how to get to your website, right? But since social media falls under marketing, again, there's no better source than poor Ann Hanley, <laughs> who I have been bugging for years. Uh, in her Anarchy newsletter, did you did you describe subscribe yet? I'll make sure you have a link uh, in the article in the in the below post link. She reminds us of the whole the whole thing of social content marketing revolves around this theory, and this is this came right from her newsletter. And there's a link again in the post, but she says this quote: "Tell me without telling me." Right? Because people don't want to be marketed to. So that's the beauty of the social part of social media marketing. It's pretty low key. And it's based like the best marketing always has been and always will be, I think, on word of mouth. For people like me who are not high pressure sales types, social media is definitely a more comfortable fit. Social media is high test fuel for sparking inbound marketing, which is my favorite marketing, always has been. 
Inbound seeks, of course, to simply magnetize customers to you without you needing to sell to them whatsoever at all. They come to you. They're already aware of and wanting to work with you. And that's what you want to do. So social and content marketing is pull marketing or inbound, and it's not push marketing or outbound or traditional marketing. So keep that in mind. And that changes the tone and the approach that you'll take with your social media marketing as well, I think. So now let's take a look about how to go about creating that magnetic pull so people are clamoring to do business with you, shall we? So how do you set up your social media magnet so that you can pull people in? Well, you have to, again, commit to where potential customers are. That's the channels where you need to go is where your customers are spending their time. And if the people that you want to reach are on a platform, that's where you belong to. So Social Sprout, I have a, a link in there, and they'll show you the demographics for the major social sites. And then you can weigh in to find the right channel that's right for you. Uh, for example, everybody knows that TikTok skews to a much younger clientele, a much younger market, um, as far as their demographics go. Now, there's people in the business space who are doing tremendous things marketing through TikTok. But again, it's making that choice of where's your market and what are you trying to do in your social marketing? Who are you trying to reach? And how can you best reach them? And sometimes you want to reach a new market, even if they're not your main market. And so you'll branch into a, another uh, type of social platform, you know, in order to do that. But remember, social media is not mandatory. So the choice is up to you. If you have plenty of business, and you choose not to participate for that reason or for any other reason, that's okay too. However, like Anne's Facebook example that I talked about earlier, if you hate a channel or if you are talentless like me and my Instagram, um, then for you to try to conquer that channel, you're going to fall flat. It's just not going to work. So you have to consider what is within your comfort zone wheelhouse for you to excel there. Again, it's a matter of what works for your customers or your audience and also what works for you. For example, you don't have to do videos if you're completely uncomfortable with it, even though it is the hottest thing to share on social media for now and for years running. So that's one of the reasons I'm trying to break out of my comfort zone and come to you on video is I'm trying to take that path on social that changes the way that I um, am. In other words, it adds to my media mix, I guess you could say, or allows me to repurpose content because basically right now I'm talking to you and I'm repurposing a, a blog article that I'm going to give you a link and you can go check out all the resources in it or read what I've been telling you about, really, if you prefer reading to listening or watching. So that's what else is kind of a beauty about it. With social, you can do that m marketing mix that I'm very fond of anyway with um, content. But you have to keep in mind that what's comfortable for you and what also works for your clients or your customers or your projected potential customers. So also you want to consider the top quality content type that you produce and what's winning with relevance and value to people. So my top quality is, I'm sure, writing. But if you think about it, writing is at the base of all content, whether it's social, whether it's scripting. Um, everything kind of starts with powerful writing, if, if you know what I mean. Um, so, you know, maybe I should just stick to writing. I don't know. But this is written, and I'm trying to share it with you via another form of media. And then through social media, I'll promote it. And that's how most people will find out about it. So think about those kind of things, because it doesn't matter what's winning um, and what other people are doing. It matters what you can do and how you can make the core make a unique message to your core audience and make it be worthwhile to them. 
So Mark Schaefer, who I often read and listen to, argues in favor of blog content. Um, because I'm a blogger and a lot of people are saying you have to do video, you can't be a writer anymore. And I'm, I think people also read. So the idea for me is to have a content mix and, you know, ways to reach new audiences through doing content in different forms, formats. But it's not to say that there's not the ability to be a blogger. And he says there's still a huge opportunity out there. And this is what I found most interesting. And this, I think, pertains whether you're doing social content or video content or writing content, whatever. But what he's saying is that there's research that he um, showcases that shows that just 1% of people on the web are actually creators. So if you're blogging, you're already in an elite class, according to Mark. And he further clarifies that, quote, the economic value of content that is not seen or shared is zero. And so that's, again, supporting why I feel it's so important that you amplify and distribute your content through social media marketing and that you kick it out there with a social kick to the curb for people to digest. And he explains that your content, like I'm trying to say, has to move if you want to create an audience and a community around your brand. So I think that's important. The smartest thing you can do then is to make an impression on your social channels to make people want to work with you and interact further with you. So what do you do best? When you accentuate your content assets, by getting them a friendly social kick right to your key audience, again, things start to happen. But you aren't going to reach people or anyone with less than awesome content or by doing something you aren't very good at or you despise doing. So that doesn't mean you shouldn't step into a new and perhaps uncomfortable media mix as you grow, like I'm doing right now, but shine a spotlight on your starring content first. Expand it and repurpose it for social media and consistently get seen. Start working on making sure your content moves. And so this will take a, 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 an agile mindset on your part, right? So give your social content both confidence and personality. Go ahead and play with it a little and experiment. Try interesting angles. Try creative campaigns. And one way to add personality is to create content around holidays or traditions or celebrations. You can, for example, um, get these content calendars. Again, there's a link in the post. You can get content calendars and you can pull out interesting holidays. They don't have to be the traditional holidays like, you know, Christmas and Easter that, you know, everybody already has on their schedule without looking at a calendar, but they could be, you know, cheese, cheese, cele national cheese day, or they could be bring your dog to work day, or they could be, you know, whatever, National Social Media Day. There's all kinds of unique little hot dog eating day. There's all these unique little content things that you can pull out and work around if you look into it, you know, uh, a little bit closer. So pulling these favorites from a resource um, and making those part of your social selling, social scheduling calendar can be really fun. It can be really easy to help you fill in dates uh, it can get you started with something every month to put on your calendar as a starting point. You know, add the holidays that, you know, are the traditional ones and then add some specialty dates that you think your content will complement and you can make something, you know, work with it. Um, and then you can fill in every single month and then that gives you a, a good place to start with your calendar. And then when you have evergreen pieces that you create, uh, whether it be for ho for holidays or whether it be content pieces on your blog, if they're evergreen, they can be part of your social scheduling calendar in an ongoing way. 
and they give you kind of like continuous content. So that's a good thing. And speaking of your evergreen content, <clears throat> make sure that you do create some content assets that should be or can that need you need to, in other words, include evergreen content, no matter what your prime medium is, because you don't want yourself to, stuff to be out of date, no good, not worth watching or listening to or reading in a, in too short of a time. And there's a lot of evergreen topics that fall in most industries, things that are important and relevant, no matter how things change. There's some basic things that always seem to stay true, uh, or that you build on, you know, those foundational pieces. And that's often a good thing for evergreen. So evergreen content, then when socially grown, there you go. When evergreen content, socially grown, continues then to gain momentum for your digital footprint, and it grows your credibility. Follow through to social channels from your hub content, drill down and expand out, uh, similar to your content strategy and your content site structure. So use all that evergreen, all those foundational pieces, those core content pieces, and develop out from there into your social channels. Connect your business, website, or blog, your core message, and your key content topics using content hubs, using silos and pyramids. And uh, there's a link to learn more about that as well in the piece. But make sure you have that foundational work to build on with your social media marketing. And yes, social media marketing, again, is an extension of your content strategy and a part of your overall business marketing plan. Now, do you see the content schedule filling up quite nicely when I put it all out there at you that way. So optimizing social media management ke means keeping in mind the speed of change in marketing, advertising, broadcasting, and really the communications industry as a whole right now. So you really need to adapt that agile mindset. So remember too that flexibility and experimentation along with a close ear to social performance and responses are key. Social listening has never mattered more as we feel our way around this new marketing, now evolving from our changing society. Still, using those things like those holidays and those evergreen things as a content skeleton helps you initiate your editorial content social uh, social editorial schedule and it gives you a starting outline and then you can identify your core topics and you can audit your content library for your best things to promote and you know you start filling it in from there be sure though you allocate content for a blend of your main topics don't be all about one thing um, unless that's your intention. And so try to do an equal mix to fill the content buckets that you identify. And you can, if you want, you can use those three C's to be buckets, the, the conversation pieces, the creation pieces, and the curation pieces. Those can be a, another way to make make up those content buckets that I mentioned earlier. And those three C's that I keep talking about are from the um, hippie marketer T Ted Hargrave, and I've, I've loved those ever since I learned about them. The three C's, curation, creation, and conversation. Uh, besides covering topics and those buckets, you may want to think about another area to mix for what you want to share, like just visuals. You can have visuals with just some copy that are a message in themselves. I've been finding that some of the visuals that I create for my posts work on their own as social content because the copy has a message around the topic that I'm talking about and can be something worthwhile, something that's a short bleep of a message just through the copy and the visual. But um, because creating, featuring visuals in social media matters, because you know that you do want to try to include photos, you can use videos, you can use graphics, infographics, slides, GIFs or GIFs, however you prefer to say it, emojis, and even written content. But your visual, visual content, as you know, gets more engagement and shares. And that's, that's just the case. That's 
always the case uh, when you examine it and research it for social channels. Everything with visuals will do better. And of course, video is winning right now too. Again, what you share, <clears throat> how and how often and when are also var variables. And they're also often platform driven because what, how often you share, for example, on Twitter and then versus Instagram are two different things. So you're going to have to keep in mind that each platform has its own roles and quirks and information that pertain to it. So every social strategy, every social media mix, and every social content plan you'll find is unique. And therefore it allows, so make sure you allow for creativity, for experimentation and iteration as part of your social strategy. Uh, however, adopting both a strategic plan and a posting schedule offers you the ability to showcase your brand on social consistently. With planning and scheduling of social content comes consistency, and that consistency is ever increasing the visibility of your brand. So consistently showcase your brand on social. As far as getting into the social media for your business, you have two choices. You can do it or not. What I'm saying is there's no halfway for social success. Decide if you're going to do it or not because you're doing social and not showing up is just a waste of time. Even worse, worse is that if you have a ghost social channel, it looks like a mere facade. So being unreachable on social platforms meant to be social translates as just the opposite. It, it translates as antisocial if you're there on a platform, but you're not there and you don't participate and you're just a stagnant. You have to kind of participate or don't do them. That, really, that's what I'm saying. So being unreachable on social does translate to nothing. So think, think connecting through all your social. And the point is to connect with pe people, simply. Connections, you know, they lead to interactions. And when you connect, you open up conversations and communications. Growing valuable relationships, starting with interactions with people, leads to friendships, collaborations, colleagues, and ultimately sales. Keep in mind that social media is a form of content marketing again and inbound marketing when approached organically. And honestly, good social media, social pieces, they feel to me sometimes like public relations efforts, making a more emotional connection and delivering brand impact. So social media, as, a as is typical of any form um, of content, of advertising or marketing, excuse me, requires multiple touch points. So put your content out there and make it keep moving using the social channels of your choice. Make sure you reflect your core audience, your business and industry, and your talents and preferences. Um, my friend Jamie Shine of Clearly Conveyed Communications clarifies this point, and she says this, um, quote, Social media is a long-term game. Don't expect success overnight. Instead of trying to create content that will go viral, focus on building and delivering value to your audience one day at a time. Right? So thanks, Jamie Shine. That was a great quote. The smartest thing you can do is make an impression on your social channels and make people want to work with you further. Remember? So socially grown content then travels far and wide. And Jamie does mention a warning when she talks about social in the article that I attach, uh, that I link to in here. And she says, remember that everything you post is visible. So understanding and respecting this one point, I feel, is just absolutely crucial. And I think of the old saying, think before you ink, and I think it belongs in the digital realm completely. So when you are doing social media, you are creating your imprint digitally. So therefore, try these. Be thoughtful in what you share. Maintain that audio, audience-centric approach. 
Uh, if you're busy helping others, it takes the focus off of yourself, and then you're truly present to interact. If you occasionally share off-topic posts to mix things up or give a peek uh, of your other interest, you still want to stay mostly on topic so people understand what you're about. Don't be floating, flying all over the place. You want people to know what you're about. Cultivate and conquer one or two platforms simultaneously simultaneously, and only add more as you master your key content or your key platforms. You also need to stay up to date on those constant changes on those leading platforms. And so still, you may or may not want to test or try new ones depending on your business. Now, if you're a social media marketer, you better try a lot more of the platforms than Joe Business who just needs to promote to an audience on a platform and do it well. If you're kicking butt where you're at on the platform you're using, for some people it's LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook, you know, stick with what's working with you. You don't have to be on every channel. Just optimize the selected channels in an ongoing manner. And when you optimize your selected channels, also optimize your content. You will gain deeper understanding also by asking questions, by listening to discussions, by scouring reviews, and by mining for comments and insights around your topic. Speak to the issues that remain unanswered. Fill gaps in your industry. Enhance your social media presence with powerful visuals. Remember, it's all about the visuals, baby. You want to rock it on social, right? So get out there and do it. The only way to master your social media marketing and social platform or channel multi-mix is to do it. Just start step by step, one by one. I find that learning by doing is the best way to learn. Learn by doing. It keeps you moving forward. I'm going to quit being on a hiatus of creating video, whether I stink or not. I'm here. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to start showing up more and more. So look out. This one's taped because I feel a little more comfortable not hitting live. And like I said, it's an ungodly hour, so I just thought I would do it on video this time. But I find that learning by doing is really helpful. So expand and then keep growing to the next one as you conquer one on social. And finally, succeed and exceed in creating your business directly from your organic social media marketing strategies because you can. Are you producing and leveraging social media marketing? Are you getting strategic with social savvy in place that pays off over and over? I hope so. What's your take? Let me know. And thanks for tuning in to the McSizzle and Shake Your Business podcast today with me. I'm Sue Ann with Right Mix for Business, and I appreciate you being here. Take care. Thanks for checking out this Right Mix for Business presentation. Remember, if you need to bling your blog or you need help with any content assets for your business, write, mix, for business. Yep, 